Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome back to 12 Days Pod, and welcome to our Season 4 kickoff episode. I'm Dan Takaki, and I'm joined here with my co-host, partner, fiancé, and capital T, capital B, true believer, Kara Zalaya. Wow, that's me. No one's ever called me that before. Well, you're a true believer. I love to believe... If you're new here, this is our holiday season podcast, one that is so seasonal that it's only relevant for 12 weeks of the year, which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. That's right. We love Christmas, and we love Christmas movies, so we're here to talk about some of our favorites and some of our not-so-favorites for no other reason than to have a good time. So, let's get into it. Kara, what are we talking about this week? Well, this week, we are taking a look back at the 2018 Netflix movie, The Christmas Chronicles, starring Kurt Russell as the titular Chronicle. Ooh. Yeah, this sure is a movie, um, and it's been showing up on our Netflix queue basically since it came out, and we never really gave it a second thought, and that was probably the right thing for us to do, but neither of us have obviously seen this before, so why don't you go ahead and tell the good folks at home what you thought this movie was going to be about? You know, we both kind of leaned into the Chronicle aspect of... yeah what we thought this was going to be about. The movie did not. (laughs) But I thought this movie was going to be like an anthology of Mm. a bunch of different Santa-based stories throughout time. Mm -hmm. Like it would be chronicling his journey in life as Santa. And I thought there would be some sort of theme of how Santa had granted wishes over time to children in different eras. Oh. Yeah, but... That did not happen. But what about you? What did you think this was going to be about? That would have been a great movie, by the way. Mm -hmm. I would watch it. So I thought that Kurt Russell was going to be playing a widower. Because you know these original movies, they love a dead wife. You were close in that there was a dead parent in this movie. Mm -hmm. I was. We'll get into that. And that in an effort to remember his wife, he would make a Christmas scrapbook. And it would be like an anthology of all of these different Christmases that this widower was going through. You were much closer than I was. Yeah. Like, that's not what the movie's about, but... There's certain elements of it. A hundred percent. Yeah. So go ahead and tell us what happened in this movie. All right. Buckle in, folks, because this is something that... I will not remember moving forward. <laughs> you know, we, we just put out our, our recap episode mm. and uh, we talked a lot about movies we don't remember. And we watched this movie a couple of weeks ago and it took me a lot to remember it. Yeah, we immediately forgot it. And when we were sitting down to record, I'm like, what movie was this? But that's not to say this episode won't be memorable because <laughs> there's a lot to talk about there's here. So there's much. so much to unpack. So this movie starts out with a montage of a typical suburban family in Lowell, Massachusetts. Mm. It's a husband and wife, a son and a daughter. The montages are of the dad and his camcorder filming the family on Christmas morning over the years. And this last maybe five minutes to open the film it's it's kind of a long montage it is a very long montage yeah but then it cuts to present day christmas where their house is undecorated and it's clear instantly that the dad has died and no one is feeling the christmas spirit the christmas crinkle if you would yeah it, it certainly seems like this is the first christmas without their dad the older brother named teddy is a moody teen whose main character trait i guess is that he likes to steal cars with his friends he's a white guy from massachusetts and yeah so don't worry his carjacking skills come into play later A couple of times. None of the actors are good in this movie. None of the actors. right off the bat. Well, Kurt Russell is... Doing Kurt Russell things. (laughs) Go on. If you think Kurt Russell is a good actor, then you'll think Kurt Russell is good in this. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Kate, his younger sister, is the main character, essentially, of the movie. And she misses her dad and Christmas. And so she's been re-watching old tapes on their camcorder. The mom is a doctor or a nurse and works in a hospital. And on Christmas Eve, she gets called in to go to work. So Teddy and Kate have to spend Christmas Eve together, but alone at their house. And so immediately, Teddy leaves. And Kate follows him and films him stealing a car in order to get him in trouble. Kate still believes in Santa, and Teddy does not. And so after Teddy and Kate get in a fight, Kate goes back to watching home movies, and while she's watching them, she notices a blurry Santa in one of the movies. Just like a a rogue, like, red leg that pops through. Yeah, it's like a limb. It's not a full Santa. Yeah, you just see a flash of red, essentially. And so they decide to set up a trap to try and catch footage of Santa so they can have proof and go viral. Mm. We love we love when modern movies try to make things go viral. <laughs> it reminds me of all those TikToks on, like, theater TikTok that are, like, a modern play. And, you know, in these days of social media and TikToks and WhatsApps, what are we going to do? Like that. It's very much that energy. Yeah, exactly that energy. And so when Santa comes, they do get footage of him and follow him up to the roof and find his sleigh and they get in. And when Santa starts to fly away, Kate jumps out to say hi to Santa, but scares Santa, causing him to lose his magic hat, the toy bag, and the reindeer and the sleigh. Mm -hmm. And they then end up in Chicago through Santa time travel. Well, and and we've learned why, right? Sorry? We know why we end up in Chicago. Well, we do. Do we want to reveal this now? Yes, of course. So, Kara, whose production company did this movie? Why, if it isn't friend or foe of the pod, Chris Columbus. You know, 1492 Productions is really out here putting out a lot of Christmas movies and content for us to talk about. And Harry Potter. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, anyway, this is a Chris Columbus movie. So we end up in Chicago. He didn't direct it, but here we are. We're in Chicago. When the bear eventually becomes a feature film, you know who's going to produce it? Chris Columbus. Not Chris Columbus. (laughs) Here's the thing, though, is that they they don't really show anything specifically Chicago. What are you talking about? There's cops. (laughs) you're right yeah sorry there's cops there was like maybe like one overhead shot of the like b-roll of a skyline that they probably ripped from some other movie a hundred percent yeah anyway so once they're there santa explains that his teleportation magic comes from his hat but also christmas spirit Mm. sure uh which you can imagine is at an all-time low as it always is in these movies so the crux of the movie is that santa needs to find his hat the reindeer and the toy bag We love a scavenger hunt, right? 100%. But he also heavily implies that if he doesn't deliver the toys, it will result in a major global catastrophe. Mm. And he, like, claims that many major historical events and wars were because he didn't deliver all of the toys that year. Which is ludicrous. Like, what a wild claim. I don't remember some specific ones, but I do think he said the Great Depression was caused by him not delivering toys. This is, I'll talk about this in my notes, but like, spoiler alert, this is going to be another me decrying capitalism, because he's literally like, because people didn't have material goods in the form of literally gifts, horrible things happened. And I'm like, yeah, what about healthcare, Santa? Well, what about access to education? No, we will get to that. Some of the gifts he gives are not physical things. Oh, I fully don't remember that. Well, I'll I'll touch on it because it is a major plot point in the movie. <laughs> oh, okay, go on. Never mind. Redacted. <laughs> you you're still right, but there's some non 
tangible gifts that he gives that are also nonsense. Oh, well, then pending. Yeah. They're in Chicago and they try to go to a bar to get a ride to somewhere. It's unclear where they're trying to get to. Like, they don't know where anything is. They don't, like, know where the sleigh is or the reindeer or the hat or the toy bag are. And Kurt Russell Santa tries to convince people he's Santa by telling them very niche things that they wanted for Christmas when they were kids. But people either listen and are like, okay, I still don't want to help you, or they don't listen. And so Teddy, he steals a car, but... Someone else had already stolen that car. And so that's how they justify. They're like, well, if we steal the car that's already stolen and then give that car to the police, then we're really not doing anything bad. And Santa's like, ah, it's a gray area. And it's like, no, it's not. (laughs) But because the car has been reported stolen, they immediately get chased down by the police led by Lamorne Morris, Winston from New Girl. Which we were thrilled about. We were thrilled, but he keeps getting cast as cops and that's tough for him. Let's let him be something else. They all split up and Kate and Teddy go get the reindeer and sleigh and find Santa's bag while Santa gets arrested. Huh. Sure. Um, (laughs) Santa says, oh, yeah, no, I stole the car. I'll go with you guys. Let them go. And they fly away on the reindeer and the sleigh and they track down the toy. It's important to note that the um, would we call them special effects in this? Are not good. No. And I, you know, I know it's expensive to, to make films and things, but like, really? Some of the worst elves I've ever seen. In oh my God. They're, they are tiny and like, they're not human. They look animated. Like they, they look like, grem- they look like CGI gremlins. But like, if they, if you grabbed a gremlin and trolls from the movie Troll yeah. and you put it in a... You know, like how you can like compress files online to make them smaller. Mm-hmm. Like you do that for the quality of them. It's a mess. It's a mess. They look like they're from like the Spy Kids movies, but also they all speak Elvish, which is interesting. Right. I don't often think about Elvish as being a language spoken outside of a fantasy setting, but I guess if you are an elf, you speak Elvish. By the way, there's a sequel to this movie. Yeah, there is. And we, (laughs) unfortunately, will be watching it next year. Um, I'm sure. But I'll get to this at some point. But the elves speak Elvish. And then at some point, Kate picks up on how to speak Elvish. She just, like, magically learns it. And Kurt Russell also speaks Elvish to the elves. And it's just gibberish. Can I say this is one of my least favorite tropes in literature? Like, speaking about Harry Potter again, Harry just, like, wakes up one day and is like, I can speak to snakes. I hate that shit. No, I do too. But I at least the the parcel tongue thing is semi explained. Sure, sure. Yeah. This was just like she's like, I can speak Elvish now. <laughs> it's like, okay, why? <laughs> no one cast a spell on you. Like there is magic in this, but no one cast a spell on you. You just started saying words, and all of a sudden you're like, huh? I guess I speak Elvish now. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, when they're split up, Kate crawls into the toy bag that they've found. <laughs> And it transports her to the North Pole somehow. Yeah. Where, first off, the North Pole in this movie is like an office building. It's like... Yeah, it looks like a bank. It, it, it looks like a bank. And there's not like any... It's not, it doesn't even look like a factory. I don't understand. Anyway, uh, so I'm she I'm going to look up the budget of this movie because I don't understand why it was so poorly done. Yeah, I don't know either. Like I said, she somehow learns to speak Elvish... 
and tells them that Santa is in trouble and he needs a new hat. And so they go back with her through the toy bag portal. And she's in there for a while talking to them. Of course. Meanwhile, Santa is in jail. And while he's in jail, he's been befriending the other people that are in jail at the police station. Mm-hmm. And then magically creates instruments and microphones so they can perform a Christmas song I've literally never heard of. <laughs> but it was like a rock and roll, bluesy type song that I'm sure someone from the 80s would know. Sure. Um, and the idea is that it lifts everyone's Christmas spirit. And so he can gain some more magic. And so he eventually convinces all of the police officers in the police station that he is Santa, um, including Winston. <laughs> and Winston quits being a cop. He's like, I'm not doing this anymore. I quit. Oof. I don't want to arrest Santa. And we're like, good for you. Finally. Um, except for one police officer who, who is the other officer with Winston. Oh my God, this whole plot. Who, he, <laughs> this, is what, this is the part where I'm talking about where he's like not giving a tangible gift. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's only one police officer left that is skeptical of of him. And so Santa tells him, I know the one thing you really want for Christmas. And he's like, what's that? And he's like, it's to be with your ex-wife again. And he was like, how would you know that? And he's like, because I'm Santa. And he's like, well, that's not a gift you can grant. And he's like, don't be so sure of that. And then Mm -hmm. he gets like a text from his ex-wife being like, hey, do you want to meet for coffee in the morning? He's like, just think, like, you want to be back with her, but, like, she might want to be back with you, too. And so I'm convinced that Santa, like, hexed this ex-wife sure. to uh, go on a date with this cop. To, sure. Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, I was going to save this for my notes, but I have a whole new theory on Santa. Famously, Santa-centered movies are not my thing. We've, I've talked about this a thousand times on the pod. <laughs> I think Santa is a mentalist. Oh. If we really think about it and go into the lore and watch all these movies. Like that um, that mentalist we watched on Hulu. Yes, it's, on exactly. Pandemic. Yeah. I just think that Santa is really just pulling who's it's and what's it's galore, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't trust him. I don't like him. And I dislike pretty much all the iterations of Santa that we have consumed, with the exception of Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah. Because that Santa, they sort of make it out that he might kind of have a mental illness. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, delusions of grandeur. Sure. I, mm. I vibe with that. So I think that Santa is a mentalist. And I think that the biggest proof we have of that, of this theory, is in this movie. Where he's like, you know, I mean, all these mentalists, they're just playing like statistics and odds. And so, right. oh, a cop working on Christmas. What are the odds he's divorced and still in love with his ex-wife? Like, sure. h- fucking high. <laughs> My guy. I guess that, I guess that's true, yeah. After he convinces his police officer to let him go, the elves show up and cut a hole in the roof of the jail cell. And Santa's like, all right, I'm going to go. And so, like, he didn't even need to convince anyone to let him go, but he does anyway. Sure. Um, And so they zoop out through the roof. Then that kind of wraps it up. Santa goes with the kids and the elves to essentially speed deliver all of the presents in, like, one hour. And here's the thing. is like, Santa is shown, like, teleporting and, like, time bending through the space-time continuum. So I don't know why he's so pressed about time. (laughs) Like, he literally goes from Lowell, Massachusetts to Chicago in six seconds in the movie. 
Mm. And he's like, he's very fast at getting to places, but he's actually super slow mm. in delivering them. You can see his body like going at like hyperspeed up and down the things, but it's not that fast. Mm. They deliver all the presents. Everybody gets a Merry Christmas. Yay. <laughs> and they go home and Santa has now magically decorated their home because that was the one thing that their mom wanted for Christmas was a decorated home. Yes. And so their mom gets back and she's like, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. It's just like when dad did it. Um, Teddy is given a magic ornament so he can see his dad in like the reflection of the ornament. Teddy looks and sees himself and then it morphs into his dad. Um, so he can see his dad. He lives in you. He lives in. But then what is he, what's he going to give to Kate? This, this magical night. Oh, I know. Santa's going to give Kate his hat. <laughs> this magic hat that has been like the whole source of issue in the movie that he can't do magic without his hat. And he gives Kate the hat. And she's like, well, what about your magic? He's like, I actually don't need it. Wink. And then he like leaves. And it's like, then what were you doing here? <laughs> like, it's 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 shown in the movie that like... Kate's entire family, except for Teddy, is what his naughty and nice list deem, quote, true believers. Yeah. Um, And so it's not like Kate was lacking in Christmas spirit. Like, she's like through and through believes in Santa. Mm. And like, so does the mom. He's not shown in a specific way of like saving Teddy or whatever. Teddy's just like along for the ride. And I don't know, it's 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 a crazy ending because it makes no sense. It completely I mean, defeats the rest of the movie. That's the thing with these movies. They love to make up rules that then they immediately break. Yeah, for, <laughs> for the magic. So after all this happens, Santa goes home and Mrs. Claus, who is Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell's actual wife, <laughs> uh, is there. And she's like, oh, what movie are we going to watch? Ha- Merry Christmas. And they put in the video from Kate's camcorder, so... She cannot show anyone that he actually exists. And that's the film. And that's the movie. And it's it's not like a, a stinger for the next movie. Mm. But it's definitely like, uh, won't be the last you see of us. Wink. Anyway, that's the movie. It was really, really something. Um, let's just jump into it. What did you think of this movie? Okay, so I, I have several notes. And, and I've as you were going through the recap, I, I was revisiting them. Mm-hmm. The first one is... Am I supposed to care about who Kurt Russell is as, like, an actor? Is this a white person thing or an American person thing that I just, like, missed? Because many times when we were discussing putting this movie in the roster, you were like, it's got Kurt Russell. And I'm like, am I supposed to know who that is? And I watch movies. Like, I watch a lot of movies. And I've looked through his filmography a billion times. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen a couple of these. But am I, like, is he that big of a cultural, like, touchstone that I've just completely blind to and like you say that and like every time you ask me i'd be like he's just i'd just be like he's kurt russell like like i don't like like if you're like name a big one and i'm like okay (laughs) and so we were like name a movie he's been in i'm like sky high like i don't know that's why i know who he is but like i know he's been in a lot of other like westerns and things like that he's been a lot in the fast and furious movies yeah right like but like not like a major part right and then he was like in guardians 2 and i'm like okay (laughs) he's just like been around for forever and i'm sure he's in like some major installment of a movie or he was apparently elvis in a 1979 version of elvis 
Yeah, he's just like your like all American dude is the thing. Okay, well, so I just wanted to come out and just be like, I, I, I don't understand. I also wanted to talk about another thing about these movies that I struggle with. I must have had a complete lack of curiosity as a child, where it's like, if I see a red hand just sort of like sticking out in my childhood movies. No, no I didn't. didn't. No, I fucking no, didn't. No, you didn't. No, I didn't see him. Sorry to say. I'm actually going to tape over that part right now, so I didn't see it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I just, no, I didn't. It didn't happen. Uh, I'm going to just burn this tape and, and move on with my life. Yeah. I don't want to investigate. I don't want to do a stakeout. I don't, these are people who have never experienced real danger in their life. Well, it's true. They they, they have to manufacture danger by trying to steal cars. And I'm like, no, no. I'm from like the city. I was born in the city that has the most per capita murders of anywhere in the world. Okay, Bragma. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> yeah, you know, big flags, uh, trauma. Whatever, you're an American now. I am an American now. Oh, we didn't say that. I'm an American now. Eh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, it's fine. So I just don't have this curiosity. And so all of these movies that start with you know, these kids being like, I'm going to find out. And I'm like, mm, no, I'm going to go sit in a corner and read a book. Yeah. This Kurt Russell oh, Santa yeah, is forgot. super fat phobic. I forgot a whole all about Yes, this. he was super fat phobic. And he's like, I'm actually not fat. Because Kurt Russell was like, I'm not gaining weight for this. And you're not putting a prosthetic on me. Um, That's an urban myth. And then he also refused to say, ho, ho, ho. And like, that was like, a con- like this is what passes for comedy. They oh, yeah. did that like... Eight t- like those were his two bits and then he did an entire song and dance which was so bizarre and also lasted forever yeah look it up it's good they... <laughs> it's good yeah it's it's, it's 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 honestly a banger and uh if we had the rights i'd play it yeah if you say so um so those are my notes uh how about you what did what did you think the children in this movie were so bad they were and again, we want to cheer for child actors. We don't want to dislike them. Uncharismatic. So like un- we are Screen Actors Guild strong in this house. So uninteresting. But the- these were bad. They were bad. And like the writing was giving them no help. No, no absolutely. Like, and they, again, there was nothing to work with. And so maybe in the second one, it'll be a little bit better. I don't even know if they're in the second one. I don't know anything about the. Is it a different? Again, this whole thing of the Chronicles is like what? What? What's the Chronicles? Her, 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 her camera. Yeah, like it wasn't even a digital camera. She had a tape in there. Yeah. Also, it was like 2018. So, like, <laughs> don't they have cell phones? Don't they have cell phones? But also, like, this girl was maybe seven, and yeah. so like that means her dad had been f- filming on film since like 2011, which like. <laughs> They, I feel like they stopped making film camcorders with little even tapes in them. Think of that in like the early 2000s. Yeah, so like, I mean, I don't I... know where he acquired this thing or where he was getting the blank tapes for each of these things. I had like... a digital camera by the time it was I was a sophomore in in high school, which was like 2005. Right. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. If you want to make it around that, you could at least get a digital camera. Right. Right. But I guess then Santa couldn't have taken the, the taken tape. the tape. I don't yeah. know. He could have taken like the SD card or yeah. something. I don't know. 
Anyway, so that's my thought on that. You didn't bring this up, so I will. This could have been like 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. This could have been a TV episode. Too long. Like, they manufactured so much plot and tension in this. Like, there was a whole scene. I didn't even talk about this, God. Where after Kate goes into the toy bag, Teddy is just standing outside the toy bag alone in a park in Chicago. And these three guys come up to him as if they are a gang. Teddy's 15, 16. Yeah, he, I think they talk about how Teddy doesn't have a license, so I think he's 15. Right. Um, and these guys that come up to him are probably like 17. <laughs> like, like, it's not like they're like these big tough guys. They're just like three other guys that right. come up to him and are like, hey, what's in the bag? And he's like, hey, toys. Um, <laughs> and so they like t- take him and take the bag back to their hideout. Where, like, their boss sees the bag, and they're about to burn the bag. He's like, wait, no, don't burn it. My sister's in there. And they're like, what? Um, and then the elves come out and, I don't know, do, <sighs> I do don't karate know. or something. It doesn't, it all doesn't, it all, it. Uh... And it's like, it's like, I didn't need an ounce of that. And, like, you almost want it to be worse. If you're going to be in Chicago, like, <laughs> make it seem like you're in Chicago. Like, make it be like, oh, we found the toy bag next to the bean in Millennium Park. <laughs> Crazy, right? Or the toy bags on top of the bean. But it was just like... They can't like, get the rights for the bean. On like a youth baseball field. <laughs> anyway, Teddy wasn't a true believer and then he became a capital T, capital B true believer. Mm. Um, and so, with that being said, do you have any fun facts about this movie? <laughs> also, this is some of the worst some of the worst Santa magic I've ever seen. It's all really, really bad. Yeah. I do, in fact, have some lovely fun facts. Okay, let's hear them. So there's a scene where Santa tries to get someone to lend him his car, and he exchanges, he tries to exchange the car for a mint condition Mickey Mantle rookie card at some guy in a restaurant, and his wife just sort of tears it up. Yeah. The Mickey Mantle rookie card was sold in 2018 for $2.88 million. Wow, that's unsurprising. Yeah, I another thing I don't understand is the, the rarity of baseball cards, but like that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, they're like antiques. I guess that makes sense, yeah. yeah. A little fun aside is that when you see the list, because Santa checks it twice, mm-hmm. Santa's list includes the names of several of Kurt Russell's grandchildren. Oh, neat. Yeah. The kid who asks for a snowboard in the video letters is Kurt's actual grandson, Bing Bellamy. Wow, what a name. <laughs> Bing Bellamy? His mother is Kurt's daughter, Kate Hudson, and his father is Muse frontman, Matthew Bellamy. Oh, yeah. Kurt Russell's got a lot of famous children. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I know Kurt Russell is like a famous dad. Well, that's the thing. He's like America's dad. Oh, because he's Kate Hudson's dad? And also like other people's dads. Oliver Hudson is Goldie Hawn's son. Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn have been in a relationship for 39 years as of 2022. Their children, Oliver and Kate, refer to and consider Kurt as their father. Oh, okay, I see. And he's raised them since they were about five. Gotcha. Well, now we know. So, for this movie, a special language was created. Okay. So... There's this guy called David J. Peterson, mm. and you've probably seen some of his work. He's an in-demand conlinger, which is someone who constructs and creates languages for Hollywood. Okay. And so you've probably seen him in Game of Thrones or Doctor Strange, The 100, The Witcher. He got hired for this movie. Sure. 
to create the, the the elvish, which Peterson calls yullish. I'm surprised they put a budget in for the fake language Wait. and not anything else. Well, Kurt Russell felt that the inclusion of Peterson's new language, quote, helped him tap into the mythology of his Santa character. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hold on. Quote, if you do anything that's historical, especially the Bible, and you do it in an original language, it gives it a sense of authenticity, he said in a 2020 interview about the films. When I saw that and I read the script, I thought Elvish will give this a sense of authenticity. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my God. I cannot believe that. So you're that's that's so upsetting to me on so many levels. And given by that quote, it probably will not surprise you to learn that Kurt Russell took this role really seriously. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he was in it. Like, he was, like, there. Like, he was certainly the best actor in the movie. Well, yes. Kurt Russell knew how important it was for him to basically get this role right. And was determined to give it his all. Russell took his Santa duties so seriously, in fact, that he and Han personally wrote about 150 pages of backstory while preparing for the second film. Oh my god. According to Columbus, even though the stars knew those pages would not be used in the actual shooting script, Russell and Han used them to give their characters extra depth. I love that. That's that's incredible. Another very fun fact, it's shocking how many of these I found, is that Kurt Russell was actually once a mall Santa. Oh. (laughs) Wow. And in this film, Santa's village set was bigger than the Harry Potter sets. But, like, I feel like we didn't even see it. I think that that happened more in, like, second one. Okay. So there's that to look forward to. Great. I, I can't wait. And another example of Kurt being deeply invested in this character is Uh that he helped design the Santa suit that he wears in the films. Oh, well, that's kind of fun. Yeah. He thought that he... Well, so he's the reason why Santa's a little fatphobic. Russell envisioned Santa in a more modern, sleeker suit with tight pants. He didn't want loose pants. He had to approve the boots, and the jacket was very important that it cinched in the waist. (laughs) Is what Goldie Hawn said in an interview about this. Wow. There's so much there's so much there's going on so here that I'm like much. kind of excited for the next one. What? Yeah. I you know, if they're this invested in it, like maybe they did it up in the second one, had a little more creative control. <laughs> so Darby Camp, the one who plays Kate. Yeah. We were complaining about how bad she was, because she was bad. Okay. But apparently she's been in some other stuff. And she was really excited to do this movie because it was, like, the first thing that she's been in that, like, people her age could watch. Mm-hmm. Because before this, she was in a critically acclaimed series called The Leftovers, which is about the aftermath of something akin to a rapture. Huh. Which, I feel like I've heard of that. Yeah. And she was in it. And, yeah, that was... that. She was excited to, to be in something a little a little more fun. Mm, I, I could really go on and on. There's endless amount of fun facts if you want to delve into it. They are all about Kurt Russell. So what I am learning is that people are obsessed with Kurt Russell. Yeah. And I, Kurt Russell is obsessed with Kurt Russell. I mean, you know, you know what? It's important to love yourself. <laughs> and that's it for my fun facts. Wow. Beautiful. All righty, folks. As we do every episode, it's time for our definitive ranking of this movie. As is our tradition, we base our rankings around the 12 days of Christmas. So, out of 12 days of Christmas, 
what would you rate the Christmas Chronicles Dear Dan? I know it's the first one of the season, but it's three French hens. I was going to say three French hens as well. Yeah, it didn't do anything for me. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. You know, you did get me kind of, I don't want to say excited, but interested in seeing what happens in the second one. Mm. But I didn't care for this movie. I didn't care about anyone in the movie. I didn't include this in my fun facts, but it got a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, which feels too high. I was going to say, like, that's pretty low for a Christmas movie. Is it? There's some bad Christmas movies out there, or like mediocre ones, that still get pretty high ratings. Yeah, I guess so. And like, for this being a Netflix Christmas movie too, Mm -hmm. I would rather watch, God, I I can't believe I'm going to say this, I'd rather watch A Christmas Prince than this. 100%. You know? At least A Christmas Prince is like... You know, it's like weird. This was trying to be like edgy. It was, yeah. <laughs> I was, no, no, no. I, it was like, it was too moody. Yeah. But it was like, not like a, like an edgy moody. It was just like, kind of like gray. You know, it's making me want to revisit another movie, moody movie, which I did not give the time of day, which is Ron Howard's The Grinch. Where one of the things I don't like about those movie, that movie is that it's like, I can't stand the like aesthetics of it. <laughs> sure. But I mean, I think that But at movie, least they committed. I think that movie objectively has a lot of funny moments in it. Sure, it's Jim Carrey. Yeah, right. Whereas this is just like, I was waiting for him to say something like, I know this wasn't Tim Allen in it, but I was waiting for him to say something like, oh yeah, the woke mob won't let me do it. <laughs> won't let me say Mrs. Claus anymore or something. <laughs> it's like, I have to call her by her first. It's like, you know, like, or Mrs. Claus didn't take my last name. Like classic woke mob mentality. Like I was waiting for something like that, you know? It never came. <laughs> But, like, that's kind of the vibe. It's actually Dr. Claus. That's what the woke mob would want you to have me call her. Yeah, and I don't I, I don't know what Kurt Russell's deal is. I just probably, you probably... Of course you don't. Why would you know? He's we probably know whatever anything. about everything, but, God, like... What are we going to name this episode? All the shit we don't know about Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good episode title. I mean, I agree with everything you said. I also was going to give it three French hens. I don't care about this shit. I don't care about movies like this. Look, if you're going to give me Netflix, lean in. Gosh, I'm just, I'm really, I'm going to keep hyping it up all season long. I cannot wait to watch Hanukkah on Rye because that's exactly what I want. Give me the formula. Give me like just absurdity. You know what it is? It's Netflix trying to cater to dads rather than like moms. Mm. in the most like sexist way possible <laughs> without it even being i'm not even this movie is not anything enough to be sexist <laughs> yeah there's nothing like overtly like sexist like there has been in some other movies that right, we've watched right this is just oh anyway three it's a french weird vibe three it's a weird french vibe. anyway kurt russell's a libertarian <laughs> thank you so much for listening <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We are only 73 days away from Christmas, and we hope to spread as much Christmas spirit as possible. So please share this with your friends if they haven't already started listening. And you know what? Shoot us a tweet. Shoot us a thread. Shoot us a comment. Leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be great. 
Join us for our next episode where we talk about the shop around the corner out now as part of our opening day extravaganza. And as we say every episode, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas.